Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, our roundtable. This time, we are globally connected with Military Families Matters with our partner, family caregiver, Keisha L. Jackson. Today, it's Saturday, December 3rd, 2022. December is AIDS Awareness and National Human Rights Month. You just heard our host, Cliff Kelly, at the break. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our partner, Keisha L. Jackson. She's a U.S. Air Force veteran and family caregiver. And we want to talk about certain things that are important to caregivers. We do this every once in a while. How are you doing, uh, Keisha? I am doing great, Sean. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. So how was your holiday? Uh, it was pretty good. I was uh, pretty much eight and was on the couch after that for a few hours. But <laughs> it was good. I had a good time with family. So tell me, how how has it been for you being a family caregiver? What types of tips would you say are important and, would, uh, would you, and do you think is it more of a challenge being an African-American female and a family caregiver? Are there different struggles that you need to think about versus, you know, maybe someone in a different situation? Yeah, I, I do. The first part about being a challenge is uh, one of the things when I think about caregivers is that we it's not something that you prepare for. You know, you may prepare to have a child. You may prepare to get married. You may prepare to go into the military, to college, but most people don't prepare to be a caregiver. And so because of that, a lot of times you are thrust into that role of being a caregiver. And a lot of times when I'll share, you know, about caring for my mom, that was one of the things. My mom had never been sick. Maybe when I was about 12, my mother had uh, gallstones. Mm. And then um, when I found out that she had stage four inoperable lung cancer, it was because I got a phone call and found out that she was in the hospital. And when I got there, the doctor said that she had stage four operable lung cancer that had metastasized into her ribs. And so that was one of those situations for me that I was just thrust into the role. Mm. Now, as for uh, a black female, most definitely. I mean, there are statistics out there that say that the African-American community is more a uh, underrepresented in in terms of being caregivers, in terms of the finance, you know, the financial support that we get. And with me, in terms of my mom, and even after caring for my brother, one of the reasons why I became an advocate for caregiving is because I would go to conferences and different type of workshops, and I found a lot of resources and information that was being shared, but not many people of color and even fewer men were there to learn out about learn about those resources. Wow. And so how has it been since your mother passed? Is it has it been uh, tough um, emotionally to try to go through the new the holidays and go through uh, things? How is that transition? So you're, you're in a uh, situation where you're you're taking care of somebody and dependent upon somebody or someone's depending on you, I should say, and you're in a routine that all of a sudden that abruptly changed when that person passes. Uh, it's ebb and flow. And, you know, I tell people that's the thing about 
when you, uh, to turn lemons into lemonade, but I like to say sometimes you don't have sugar in a situation to make it sweet. You just have to deal with how the situation is. But so what I do is when I think about my mom, of course, my mom and I, we were extremely close. She used to call me her best friend. I was able to use some of the experiences that I had caring for my mom to be able to help others. I come from a very large family, so even after caring for my mom, six months after caring for my mom, one of my brothers fell, and he was placed on life support, so I wound up being his caregiver. So some of the painful experiences that I learned with my mom, uh, I was able to use those to help my brother and uh, some other people. So, yeah, definitely painful. I miss her a lot, but um, one of the things that my mom even said, it just came back to my mind, is that the experiences that I gained from helping her through her situation, that it would be good to help others. And so that's what I've been doing. So one other thing before we, we have, a, you have brought us a, a special guest. I want to get to him in, in, in a second. But before we do that, while you get set up, I wanted to ask you, um, importantly, what are some things that people need to do to get prepared as a family caregiver? Because the things we don't prepare for will hurt us. Yeah, one of the things is just talk about it. Talk about it early. Talk about um, situations. Find about your person, your family members, their bank account, their PIN. Um, if the person is in the military, find out more about their military history. So should you need it? Sometimes you don't know their blood type. You don't know their insurance information. There is a list of things that uh, maybe we could just, you know, talk after a doctor. Hello, Keisha was lost. Keisha, still there? Robert, can you hear us? So I get her an audio together. Keisha, Keisha, can you hear me? There you uh, are. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know how much of that you got, but uh, there's just a list of things that we can um, we can talk about in terms of helping our loved ones. We can talk about caregivers from a broad perspective, about roles in care, uh, being a caregiver, about their PIN, bank accounts, their DD-214, learning about their military history. There's just a lot of different things that we can, we can talk about before there comes a need to have to talk about those things. Okay. So you brought us a guest today, and that's Robert W. Turner II. He's a former professional football player and is currently an assistant professor in the Department of Clinical Research and Leadership at the George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Sciences. Uh, Mr. Turner, can you hear us? I can. I can. Can you hear me okay? Perfectly, perfectly. So you want to talk about something very important. That's the black male caregiver and also people that suffer from dementia and the, the roles and challenges that that brings. What can you tell us about that um, in your experiences? And you have a, a great career. We'll get to that in a little bit, a wonderful career, and a lot of things you've been working on and doing in, uh, since the NFL and since the, your career in football. Um, but what do you have to tell us about being a black caregiver as a man? Well, I, I think that the most important thing for your audience and for all, for all of us to, to understand, and and and. I'm a caregiver myself, um, as well as being a doctor that researches uh, caregiving. Um, my dad it served in the military as a staff sergeant. He was in for about nine years. And then, um, and so I take care of him. But one of the things that people really kind of need to understand is when we think about black men uh, or we think about caregivers altogether, particularly in the black community, we don't think about men that often. 
And I'd like your audience to recognize that anywhere between the literature suggests what sparse literature there is, is that um, anywhere from 35 to 40 percent of all unpaid caregivers um, in the community are by men. And men have some kind of unique challenges in the fact that we know that caregiving can provide, it can really be taxing, it can be very stressful, and if you don't manage your own health properly, and we know that black men have have some really kind of challenges in terms of worse outcomes and at high risk for, you know, high blood pressure, all kinds of things. And so that's probably one of the most important things is men don't seek out their own health care. And then when they are put in a position of the stress of providing care for someone else, it makes them very vulnerable. And you can't take care of somebody else unless your own health is managed well. Mm. Now, the reason why I think it's important that I think it gives your perspective this unique because you were in the NFL. You played professional football for many years. You played in the CFL. You played in the USFL. Um, You're also a Chicago Bear. Which you which is uh, important to us here in Chicago. So. Well, I have to say, I actually, I wasn't a bear. I, I was a, I was a Forty Nine er, so that was a, a oh, little bit a, of a, a difference there. But but yeah, I, I I can't claim to be a Chicago. So we got to clean up your Wikipedia page because they have you down as a Chicago Bear for about two weeks. Uh, oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, then I, I didn't even you know what I didn't even know I had a Wikipedia page. Yeah, you got a Wikipedia <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, yeah, they have you down with the Jets, and they also have you down with uh, I think it was. Uh, I don't know another team, but yeah, they don't have San Francisco down there at all. So, okay, so, well, so I got to take back so the bear. Your audience doesn't get upset with me. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so you're not a proud bear, unfortunately, but you know, it is what it is. So now, <laughs> but the reason why I think that's important, as far as what we're talking about, in a more serious note, you guys have gone through tremendous trauma on your bodies, and there's and the, a career in professional football can put you in situations where you suffer as you get older if you don't have medical attention or maybe and you may require a caregiver. So your perspective on health and well-being is very unique because you probably have seen a lot of your comrades and people that you used to work with in, the, in professional football going through health challenges now. So that being said, you know, can you tell us a little bit from your perspective what are, the, are some of the important things people need to know when you're caring for somebody and how important it is to really put this in the forefront to really prepare yourself for the possibility that you might have to take care of somebody in your family who suffers from dementia or just needs a caregiver, particularly as a black man. Sure. I think the biggest issue for men is um, being their willingness to, to ask for help. That's kind of the biggest thing, especially as football players, right? And we want to think about other other people who, you know, where you have these very physical jobs, police officers, the military, uh, football, sports. You know, we're always we're proud. We have a lot of pride, and we do. We, we our bodies mean everything to us because we're able to do things physical, physically that maybe other people haven't been able to do. And one of the biggest issues that I I come across with former football players, you know, it's kind of this whole mentality, no pain, no gain. But in, in sports, they tell you there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. You have to, you, you can pay, play through when you're hurt. You know, you gotta, you gotta suck it up and play, pay through that. But when you're injured, you can't pay, play. 
And so what happens is many times in our own mentality for us, we're figuring, oh, well, that's no big deal. I can overcome that. Because, you you know, especially at the highest level, you have to overcome some pain. You know, you just have to suck it up and deal with it. Well, life, when especially comes when it comes to some of these issues that we're talking about, you know, when when they start coming on, one of the things that people do is we don't want to tell another person that we you know we're we're having these problems. Hey, I'm really concerned. My memory is is kind of slipping. Uh, you know, I don't know if this is normal or not. We don't ever want to say that. I think that that you know we see that throughout society, but in particular, people who are very proud, you know, of what they've been able to do. They sometimes are the last people to ask for help. So if you are a caregiver or you're a loved one of someone who may be having some memory issues or may be having some physical problems and you're noticing it, you know, that's the time where you start you have to introduce it early. I know it's really difficult. You can't just act like it's not there. You know, and encourage that person to go and get checkups. Those things are really, really important. Mm-hmm. So what would you say is the most important thing that you will have to develop as as a caregiver when you go into that challenging uh, time? Um, and what types of tools and resources also are out there for people to get help to support, for support? Because you, if you're taking care of somebody, you st- you're per- you personally, you have to be healthy mentally and physically in order to do that. Well, I think as hard as it may sound, uh, we always say this, you know, people ask me even when we talk about dementia, because that's what I study, and they say, well, what do you have to do, you know, to protect yourself? And, and, and what we say is what's good for your heart is good for your head. And it's the same exact thing, it, even though it's the most important, it's most difficult for caregivers. But what you have to do is the three things. You have to make sure that you eat healthy, which is really hard sometimes because sometimes you're really challenged with time. Right. So how do you prepare healthy meals when you're looking after someone, depending on the stage of, of the need that they have? How do you prepare healthy when you're you know, you don't have enough time for yourself, but you got to make sure that there's healthy meals. Right. Because you don't we know that there's not a lot of time to do a lot of exercise, but you got to make sure that you're physically active. Make sure that you can go for a walk. Make sure that you get some physical exercise. Make sure that you eat properly. And what's really, really difficult but one of the most important things is you have to take care of your sleep. You have to have sleep. Because one of the things people don't recognize that when it comes to dementia, one of the biggest risks for dementia is um, is not sleeping well, having very poor sleep and having sleep apnea. Sleep apnea cuts off oxygen to the brain. So if you have poor sleep hygiene, that puts you at a higher risk for having cognitive problems yourself, for potentially being getting dementia yourself. So these are all the things that makes it very, very difficult to take care of someone else, but you have to find that way yourself. So I would just say this, you know, I would reach out to the Alzheimer's Association, reach out to um, maybe your town that you live in, that they may have um, an aging adult program, they may have health, you know, Department of Health Find out what the local resources are available for you. Maybe they have programs that will provide healthy meals, deliver healthy, um, you know, fruits and vegetables to your house. Take, find out where, where can you get support as you support someone else to make that job a little bit easier. So your church you know, so, is, I'm oh, sorry, John, go ahead. I want to add on to that. Look, uh, reaching out to your local area agency on aging is mm-hmm. very, very important very early I had someone on the show maybe about a year or so ago whose mother had uh, dementia, early dementia, and at the time she felt she was financially okay to be able to take care of her mom. 
and so she didn't sign up. When she went to sign up about four years later, when her finances got a little bit thin, she was like number 23,000 on the list. Wow. And then I think it took her another four years before she got to the top of the list. Hmm. And so that's one of the things, you know, uh, go ahead and do things early as a part of that prepare planning earlier. Even if you think you don't need it, at least learn what's out there so that it could be a potential resource for you at a later time. Now, um, can any one of you speak on the use of insurance um, and also the financial part of taking care of somebody? Because it can be a, a, a big, like Takesha just touched on, a big financial burden as well to take care of somebody going through dementia. Well, I'll just say real quick, and then I'll turn it over to the other guests. But one of the most important things that I have found, and, and, and I do a lot of caregiver studies, even in my own home, all these kinds of things, is you know, when you're in the middle of a crisis, and this is why planning early, like your guest just said, is so important. When you're in the middle of the crisis, something happened in my family. My mom was really sick. And, um, and then, of course, my dad had caregiving needs as well. And it was stressful trying to get people involved with all of the things that needed to be done immediately. And one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Robert Stern, who's a neuropsychologist, said to me, you're in the middle of a crisis right now. It's really difficult to manage these things. And what was so crazy is that I didn't even know that I was in a crisis. I thought crisis was like when you're in a car accident and you immediately have to you know, go to the hospital or something. You get that call in the middle of the night. I didn't realize it was a crisis. And so we had a really difficult time in my house trying to figure out what do we do? So when you talk about managing finances or knowing what financial resources are out there, one of the greatest things that I have seen is a resource is AARP. They have professionals that are available to you. You don't even have to be a member that can help you with a checklist to, you know, just to go down the list. Have you done this? Have you considered that? Have you reached out here? Those things early enough will, you know, you want to get on top of those much earlier than when you're in the middle of that crisis and then trying to figure out what resources may or may not be available. And you may not even know what resources you need at that point. So identifying that early is really important. And Keisha, what can you add to that? Yeah, definitely. I always tell people with the VA, check with the VA, check your benefits and the different things like that. And that's why I was mentioned early on, if you uh, become a caregiver, you may not even know about your parents' um, military history or your spouse's or something like that. So you want to find out about that information because there are resources out there that are available. I know when I was uh, found out about my mom, my mom was getting assistance from the government and she was actually discharged from the hospital because she didn't have the proper insurance to take care of her until she got a certain age. And so it is so important to make sure that you try to find those things and the different um, things that can assist you very, very early on. Now, I have to reiterate that because, I mean, that's really important. We talk about, touched on the idea of insurance. My mother, um, when she had her stroke and I was taking care of her, um, one of the things that was very, very helpful was the fact that we had records to her insurance information. Um, long-term care, um, Medicare, um, all those different things so we could get her um, into the hospital quickly without any kind of interruptions and get her um, great care. She ended up about maybe a month or so in a, in a nursing home um, to get rehabilitation. And so beginning, making sure we had the resource, we didn't have the finances in place, that would not have been possible. This wouldn't have been possible at all. So it's, I think it's really important for listeners to understand that there are – don't wait to the last minute to um, – to think about these things, the cost, 
the care as as um, Mr. Turner he talked about, and then also making sure that you have just a plan in place in order to deal with these things because the statistics show that this can happen to most families as we get we're, we're an aging population as we're getting older and we're living longer. Many of us will find ourselves in that situation. And if you have the foresight, maybe it's not a bad idea to think about it for yourself and who's going to take care of you if you're in that, if you're in that situation. Can I, can I just jump in on piggyback on this? Because I think mm-hmm. this is really important. And I think the best way to maybe illustrate what we're talking about is a real situation. Um, I have a very good friend who played for the Detroit Lions um, for years. I won't mention his name, but he has a situation now where he, you know, he doesn't live in Detroit any longer. His sister is in Detroit. Um, his mom and dad are in Detroit. And so there is, is both his parents are having some issues. And so now they're having to be primary caregivers. My, my friend, he knows that his dad was in the military, but we grew up, he and I grew up in that generation where our parents never told, told us anything. It was always children are to be seen and not heard. So we didn't know much about, we don't very much know about our parents in you know personal life. He knows his dad was in the military, but he doesn't know how long he was in the military, has no idea about those records, doesn't know what benefits that he has you know, coming to him, or doesn't know what, it, what benefits he's actually even taking care of, doesn't know anything about that. So he asked me, well, what do I do? So I first told him, you know, you got to get the copy of the DD-214, right? You also have to then find out what, what if any benefits um, are available to him. Is he getting retirement benefits? Is he getting any health benefits that are available to him? You know, because who knows, his disability benefits, are they available? Then we have to talk about what kind of housing benefits he may be, you know, uh, eligible for. My friend, said to me, hey, can you give me a list? Uh, I don't even know where to start. I said, does your dad have a primary care physician in the military? He didn't know. So these are all the things that we're talking about that need to be done very early. And unfortunately, our parents sometimes don't tell us about these things, but we are going to have to now, as we get into that caregiving role and we're taking care of our parents, we're going to have to know what these things are. That is Robert W. Turner II, former professional football player and currently assistant professor in the Department of Clinical Research and Leadership at George Washington University School of Medicine and Health Science. And, of course, always Keisha L. Jackson, U.S. Air Force veteran and family caregiver. And also check out uh, Mr. Turner's book. He was he has written a book that was called Not for Long, The Life and Career of the NFL Athlete, available on Amazon and Oxford University Press. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.